seven feet on the roof of a Long John Silver's. They threw out my pants separately. They missed the roof. My slacks landed in a frickin' pine tree 30 feet away. So I had to just chill up there with my damn coot coot and prune shoe till the place opened up. Saturday Night Live, the sketch is called Alien Abduction from 2015. And and that is the sketch that I mentioned last episode when we were comparing the drastic differences, Donna, between Greek life at University of Georgia and Western Carolina University. Zeke Sorority. You had a house mom. You had a staff that served Zeta. you. Zeta. What did I put down? You said Zeke. Zeta Sorority. House mom, staff that served you meals and uniform. House looked like it came from Architectural Digest, you said. Fraternity house didn't even have a front door. How do you not have a front door? We didn't have a front door. Well, it's just open, like can oh, animals you, you come had, in? Ab- like... They did, and they did, yes. Okay, Kate McKinnon, Cicely Strong, Aidy Bryant, Bobby Moynihan with guest host Ryan Gosling there on Alien Abduction. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. And my name's Don, and I'm Caddy's wife. Okay, can we talk about these TI calculators? Out of nowhere last night at, oh, what time was it? 6.30. We're sitting at the dinner table. And Charlotte says to me, I need a TI 80, is it 84, Carl? What is it? I mean, there's like a million of them. 84s are the little ones. This is the big one. Like Mm. you have to plug in and charge and does calculus. Yeah, something like that. And it costs like a hundred and something dollars. Carl Appen is producing this episode of the My Second Act podcast. For a day. Yeah. So, and, and I was thinking about it like as a parent and this Charlotte are, is our youngest. We have three kids, 22, 17, and 15. She's our 15-year-old. How many TI calculators have I bought? How come whoever had the first one couldn't have passed it down? And then Olivia, maybe Will's is a little outdated, but I'll tell you a funny story about Will's calculator. He went to take the ACT. Other than he never used it. Well, he went to take the ACT and, you know, you stay on like, do you have your calculator? Do you have your calculator? Do you have your calculator? Yes. And so he comes home and I said, well, how did it go? Like, did the calculator help? And he said, well, it wasn't charged. I'm like, oh, my God. So the calculator is only as good as the little charging cord. And the little charging cord, don't think you can, like, get rid of that cord and just use any cord. It's a very specific charger. But I'm telling you, these calculators are $120, $140. So I said to Olivia last night, do you not have a calculator that Charlotte can use? She said, mine's just a basic I'm like, okay, how are you getting through calculus? How are you getting through physics? I feel like I need to go back and ask some more questions, but it's probably just too late at this point with these three. I don't think it's ever too late. But I mean, where's my charging cord? Well, where, where's where, my TI 84? Where are our spoons? Where the, let's you start know? there. Come on. You know, I was talking to a friend of ours, Laura, and her, she has twin daughters and they went to school. One went down to Florida and one's at Kennesaw State. And I was asking her, like, you know, how was Sunday night? Or, you know, because I think that first Sunday, you and I've talked about it. It's a little, I think it's sad on both ends because when you're at college, you're kind of like, okay, I'm here. It's Sunday. Like, my parents aren't going to make me dinner. Like, I'm, you know, like I'm here on my own. And maybe you're like, woo, time to party. And then the parents are like, oh my gosh, like they're really there. But so I was saying this, and I'm like, I was saying to Laura, like, oh, are you sad and everything? And she goes, yes. She said, but you know what the amazing thing is? We have all of our silverware back. She said it's all back in the place. The forks, overflow, the, the knives. The, 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 the slots yes. in the, the utensil holding thing in your drawer it's are full. overflowing with spoons. Cups are back. 
So I just don't know where all this stuff is. Increases in drinking have been associated. The, uh, drinking's been a tie. Heavy drinking has been tied to natural disasters and other large uh, scale events that just make you stress and be anxious. And COVID-19, a pandemic, certainly fits that description. We've talked in, in previous episodes about the pandemic and how if if you went into the pandemic and you were struggling a little bit with uh, alcohol or drugs or addiction or, or, or mental problems or problems, horrible, mental cha- challenges or isolation, you, all, of that, all yeah. of that, chances are that during the pandemic that uh, those 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 traits ignited again and, and maybe even got out of control and you are coming out worse than you went in with that type of stuff. We, we've I have wondered anyway. Exactly how much drinking was going on during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Let's go here first, though. What is normal or what is recommended? The general drinking guidelines, they say men up to four drinks per day, no more than 14 drinks per week. Okay, that seems like a That's lot. Heavy, I think. Yeah. Isn't it? For women, no more than three drinks a day or seven drinks per week. Why, why are we less? Why? Always. Even in drinking, we're not equal. You know? Overall. Alcohol consumption, drinking, 30% higher in November 2020 than the previous February, before the pandemic hit. Who gets the blue ribbon for turning them back during the pandemic? And just, it's scary when because stumbling around all day. Well, I don't know about oh, that. Oh, come on. Who? Moms mm. oh, with yeah. young kids saw a 323% spike in drinking after the start of the pandemic, 323%. That's a lot. That's a lot of trulies. Well, I do think those have made it. I, I mean, they, I think those have probably made it a little bit easier because you're kind of like, well, there's some water in it. Yeah. There is some, I'm, I'm hydrating. But I mean, if you've got all those kids running around at home, you're trying to homeschool. I don't Donna, know. You shouldn't be watching young, young moms is the category. You shouldn't be watching your, your toddler or your baby. I agree. Drinking martinis at 11 a.m. in the morning. Okay, I agree. Mm-hmm. Going to your out to tennis match, you're... You can't go. This was during the pandemic. That was, okay. that was the whole thing. You weren't driving. You couldn't go anywhere. So you you're drink just, at home with your toddler. You're just stumbling around in your yard. I think that allowing, and some states have done this, curbside pickup. Uh, some some states are allowing home alcohol deliveries right now. And, and there are restaurants and bars like, you can go into Chili's right now and order a Texas margarita. And the bartender put it in a to-go cup. And you walk back out to your car. I don't know about that. Oh, it's true. It's true. So these relaxed regulations during the pandemic and after the pandemic, I think also contribute to the overall spike in alcohol consumption. No, I do think that like the the delivery services for alcohol, like if whatever city you're listening in, like here, and I think that there this one's in a couple of different cities. It's called Drizzly. And they'll, you know, they'll go to a wine store. I mean, it's basically the... Instacart of alcohol and Instacart also does alcohol. Like um, I have to order beer for my store and they'll bring it. You have to show your ID. But I also think like if you are more of a closet drinker and you're not a social drinker, which I'm not saying either one is better or worse, but it makes it a lot easier because you don't even, you know, the thing too is like if you're, if you drink a lot and say you live in a small area, there are people who will go to different liquor stores because the people there almost know them and it can, they, well they don't want to be seen it's kind of embarrassing or like you're going to run into someone again and you're like oh my god they're in here every day or whatever so now 
by having this kind of anonymous delivery, you know. You don't have to be seen in the liquor store three days a week, four days a week, five days a week. Yeah, Yeah. and I think, you know, that's one of the things about, like, any kind of addiction. And we we have talked about this, is that it kind of hides in the shadows. And so it's one thing, like, if you're out turning them up every night and your friends can say, and even the bartender can say, dude, you need to, you know, they have the ability to slow you down and that type of thing. But if you're just having alcohol delivered, you're kind of on your own devices. So and I think it is definitely dangerous. Alcohol also has to be such a challenging addiction because you, you can, you can go to any corner and buy alcohol at virtually. Well, you listen, we're in Atlanta. Uh, you could go somewhere in Atlanta and, and buy alcohol 24 hours a day, I would imagine, right? Somewhere? Yeah. A 24-hour package store? So I'm sure we have them. I don't know. If you're a heroin addict, you can't just go a half mile down the road and and, and get you whatever heroin comes as, a, whatever, a, a sack full of, of brown black tar heroin at, at the corner market. You can't do that, you know? I just think it'd be very, very easy to get tripped up. With any addiction, but specifically, and alcohol was never my poison. Um, I just can't imagine having that accessibility to your addiction. All the time. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Well, and it's also kind of green-lighted because, think about it. I mean, like, you, you can't go and sit down at, like, a restaurant and order. Order heroin. Oh. I have a speedball and some fried mozzarella chicks. Sticks. Sticks. Okay. Chicks, mozzarella chicks. Sorry. No, but I mean, you can't like order it like you can order alcohol with every meal. So it's almost acceptable. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. Grammy is my mother. She lives in Western North Carolina. What? Nothing. <laughs> uh, my mama's on pills. That's where we're going to bring the tone up. We're going to bring the content up. We're going to have a lot of fun doing this episode. But I just wanted to mention my mother. I'm having to call her twice a day now to remind her to take her medications. Well, they're medications she's prescribed. What did I say that led you to believe? Well, you said she's on pills. Well, she is. Okay. But I mean, it's like a Lipitor and, and yeah. you know, things like that. It's not like it's, you know. Okay. I, 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 it's, it's an odd feeling. I called her before we stepped in here to the App and Podcast Network to record this episode to say, Mama, did you take your, your morning medicines? There's two in the morning, I think five in the afternoon. And she has a little calendar uh, that's printed out. And she has to, to, you know, find the date and the time and write down when she took them, what time. I have to call it 945 in the morning. And six o'clock in the afternoon. And I feel like a probation officer. Because I have to say to my mother, listen, mom, mom, I'm going to wait. Go ahead and put the phone down and, and take them. I need to hear, I don't say this part, but I need to hear the water running and know that she's taking her pills because she may not be. I'm on the phone. She's four hours away. So I hear the kitchen faucet turn on or whatever. And then um, she'll say, I'm going to put the phone down. It's going to take a while. And it's about, uh, you know, listen, Anything for your mom, anything for your dad, but you know, I mean, it takes her mama a while, it takes Grammy a while to put down five pills and then a nebulizer. Sometimes I can't raise her when I call. You'd think that would be specific to the 945 a.m. call, but it's also the six o'clock call sometimes. Grammy, Grammy, she told me, Donna, she goes to bed at 4 a.m. That can't be healthy. That's not healthy. Well, elderly people get to the point where they just can't sleep, they don't sleep as well. And one of the big things, like I know, like my, so when we talk about your mom and our parents and everything, we, we don't talk about it like callously, like you're doing these pills. It, you have to do this because like my mom lives in an assisted living place and part of her care management is they have someone who comes in 
and administers the medication. And they do, by the way, exactly what you're doing with your mom. They stand there and have to, you know, they hand them the little white pill cup. But because your mom is living on her own, you know, you forget about that. And if, if you're listening and you have an elderly parent, it's not just the checking on them. I mean, this became apparent that we somebody kind of needed to take this role over because she is four hours away. And there's things I think what you don't see when your parents, your elderly parents aren't close to you is you, you see over time that things are changing, but you don't see how quickly they're changing. And it's those little things that I think you forget about. You know, there's always people say, I worry about my parents living on their own. I worry about them leaving on the stove or, or something like that. But then there's also the thing of not only of them not taking the pills, but of them taking them too many times a day or the wrong pill. Right. Right. When mama does the nebulizer, she'll say, all right, I'm going to put the phone down and I can hear like channel nine, Charlotte news blaring in the background. Um, and then you hear the of the, the nebulizer machine for like three minutes. I just yeah. put it on speaker and we continue doing whatever we're doing at home. But it's uh, I don't know. We're getting to that age. Yeah, it's tough where our parents are aging a lot. Well, and it's hard to take care yeah. of your parents when you're not around the corner. Feast on tilapia ranchero from the Denny's 55 plus menu now at Denny's.com. Did you not know that they we have to do senior themed content every episode moving forward? And Denny's is a sponsor. What? See, you didn't know I did that, did you? I did that so well. That was a commercial. Okay. Right there. I think Carl and I are both very confused. They wanted to pay in gift cards. And I said, listen, I don't need that many moons ever hammy. You know, that's okay. the big dish. All right. The TSA says that you have to mask up for Santa, uh, for Turkey Day Santa, and even the first few moments and days of 2022. TSA extends the uh, January mask rule. How are they in charge of Santa and the turkey, the TSA? If you're flying. Oh, you got to mask up. You got to mask up. A Vouvre is a white wine. We had this last episode. What was it about uh, a listener pairing their dinner fare meal? Yes, with a Vouvre. And we, I said, what is that? Is that a wine? It is. What do you know about this one, Donna? Ranges uh, in style from dry to sweet. Still to sparkling, each with its own distinct character. It's a Chenin Blanc. What does that mean? Oh, it's just a, it's a, it's a white um, wine. Is that right, Carl? Yeah. Kind of a white wine from the French area. Um, the Touraine area. <laughs> the Louvre River. The banks of the Louvre River. Yeah, there we go. Wonderful grapes. Yeah. The Dinner Affair September menu's up. And um, I noticed honey bourbon beef brisket came Donna, honey bourbon beef brisket. You got me at honey. Slow cooked for 16 hours. Brown sugar, glaze of honey, bourbon, some barbecue notes, Donna. Love the flavor, but you're going to love how easy it is to preheat your oven, pop it in there, 30, 35 minutes, you're done. That's it. Dinneraffair.com, dinneraffare.com. Also, uh, on the September menu, homemade chicken pot pie. Uh, done that, delicious, and uh, their hot honey chicken, which the entire family is going to love too. Everything that you need to prepare your dinner comes in a, a, a package, a little package with a brown butcher paper wrap around it. Got the recipe card, tells you exactly what to do. Everything's already been done for you, the chopping, the cutting, the measuring, things like that. And you just, uh, three steps and you're done. Ready to go. School's back in session. Things are getting crazy. I know like fall ball's heating up um, and everybody's busy. And so, you know, I was thinking the other day, like someone had said to me, one of the reasons that, because I'm, I'm always thinking like, if you could get $30 off of these meals, you don't have to cook why, if you've been listening to the podcast, would you have not done this? And I had someone say to me, I love to cook. 
That's my only reason why I haven't done it. And I get that, but everybody deserves a night off from cooking. And even if you love to cook, there's, I just don't think you love to cook seven days a week for people who may not love all the time what you're cooking. So let dinner affair Take one day, two days off. Again, we've talked before, you do not have to get the largest package. You could do, you know, a three meal package, um, a four meal package and just do one dinner affair meal a week, but at least try it out and um, give yourself a break out of the kitchen one night a week. Gives you time to spend time with your family where you're not in there doing all the cooking. A very generous offer for you from Ken and Stephanie Wright. They own dinner affair, Atlanta based, but they local delivery to your front door, but they also ship nationwide. Very generous offer from Ken and Stephanie. $30 off your first order. Promo code is CADDY2021, C-A-D-D-Y, 2021 at Dinner Affair. That's A-F-A-R-E dot com. We have a small ask of you. Three things you have the time. Let's do this right now. Please make sure you subscribe. Very simple to do. Uh, tell all your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers about the My Second Act podcast. Invite and encourage them to join us and show the sponsors some love. Dinner Affair, Gallery Furniture Gainesville, and the Paramount Hotel Group, including the brands, Home Two Suites by Hilton, Hampton Inn by Hilton, and Town Place Suites by Marriott. And Denny's, the Denny's Plus 55 Senior Menus, available now at Denny's.com. And where is the closest Denny's? Tilapia. Does that digest well with the senior crowd, do you think? Was that a good know, choice to launch the new Denny's Senior Menu I don't, with Tilapia? Are, like, are there Denny's near us? <laughs> I don't know. Hype Song Playlist, what are you adding on? I'm adding the 1975, and the song is The Sound. These little hippie trippy boys are from London and um, just this this particular song, they're a little moody and alt, but this particular song, the sound was like their attempt to be kind of a pop band. So I thought this was a good one to add. It's just a fun song. How about you? I love the songs where the writers have have done a play on words and John Party's new song I'm loving is called uh, Tequila, A Little Time With You. Uh, a play to kill it. a little time with you. Like it. Red Akins, Thomas Rhett's uh, dad. Co-wrote that one with uh, or this one. This is current uh, single from John Party. Uh, you can hear the mariachi bands in the background. It's just got a really fun vibe to it. The video was shot at the Bama. Been there, Donna. Oh, yeah. In Orange Beach, Alabama. Had a bushwhacker. All right. I don't want to talk about that. Did you know, like, when, when we went, I think that was the first time we normally vacationed like down kind of in Destin, 30A, that area. And for the first time, we couldn't get a place down there. So we went to um, we went to, or- to uh, Orange Beach, Alabama. And so we went. That was the first time you and I had ever been to the Floribama Lounge. I guess that's what they call it. Lounge. It's big. Mm-hmm. It's huge. And everybody's played there. Kenny Chesney is there a lot. Florida Georgia Lions played there. Everybody's played there. But that was the first time you had ever had a bushwhacker. Right, yes. But did you know, because you were so... Great. Wendy's Frosty. It's like a Wendy's Frosty, but here's my favorite part of it. When she came up, she goes, do you want a floater? And you're like, what is that? Uh, yes, I'll take that. You didn't I said upcharge. It, I, I didn't care. You didn't even know what it was. It's 1.30 in the afternoon, Orange Beach, Alabama, in the middle of a pandemic. It just I'm going to have me a floater. But it cracked me up you never wiper. had that. I never had a bushwhacker. I didn't know a floater was, what is it? It's a, it's a shot of liquor. It can be anything. You can put like a floater of tequila like in Bacardi your beer. Like 151. Yeah, something. Rum. Go for it. All right. Let's, uh Check this audio out. This is Mayor Moore. She was in for Jimmy Kimmel this week. I am thrilled to be doing this. I flew all the way from Nashville to be here tonight. I, woohoo, yeah. I came here on Delta, and hopefully I'm not coming back with Delta. <laughs> it's important to get your vaccine. I got mine, and after the first shot, I felt nothing. After the second shot, I had some light flu symptoms. After the third shot, 
I was a little sore. <laughs> after my fourth, I was really feeling it. <laughs> and after shot 27, I got banned for life from Walgreens. <laughs> Like most people, I've had a stressful year, mostly because when I wear a mask, my name sounds like Karen. <laughs> Karen Morris. That's so true. I never thought about that. She's so tiny. I thought it was a great episode. She interviewed um, Willie Nelson, but I don't think she was. But I mean, it was her first time. She wasn't the best host. She wasn't like really. She didn't look relaxed. It was almost like she was like going down her script. But it was great with Willie. She had some some funny things to say. I didn't understand the uh, the Delta thing first time I heard it or, or I saw it and then I listened to it the next day and I'm like, I don't get it. She's referring to, I came out here to LA from Nashville on Delta flying Delta. Yeah. And I hope I don't get the Delta variant. Yeah. yeah. Originally I thought that she was like taking a jab, which we won't have at Delta. We will not Ray Charles helped redefine country music during the civil rights era. And the Judds both will be inducted into the country music hall of fame class of 2022. Ray Charles. Um, I've heard you speaking of Willie. I've heard Willie say this before about uh, a project that Ray did back in 1962. It was called Modern Sounds in Country and Western Music. And, and Willie Nelson said, one of the most important albums in country history. Ray shared his love for country music in that project. And, and through the years, and until he uh, died in mid-2004, I think. He was 73. Winona and Naomi, the Judds. Yeah, it's about time, huh? It surprises me that they're not in there. Does it surprise you? I, I didn't even think about it or, or, or no. I would have thought that they were. Well, so been, Winona thought that as well. Well, I know. Maybe she thought they had been inducted. She didn't remember. But um, if you know anything about Winona and Naomi, that is the mama, Naomi, and the daughter, Winona. And then they have their sister, Ashley, who is the actress who also, we talked about before, had to be airlifted out of like the conga. Because she was, she was walking. And got, yeah, and snapped her femur, fibia, tibialum. All of that. All of it. All of it in one day. But um, they are very interesting. They, they got an interesting dynamic. You and I were talking about this. Like, nobody will ever know exactly went on what went on behind the scenes. But, I mean, you know, they would come out in those little pageant-type dresses. Well, Naomi would. Yeah. Winona would come out. And, and we've talked a lot about Winona because you, you, you've had a lot of conversations with Winona and we've gone to see her. And, you know, she was always kind of looked at as, like, the rebel and country music. And for a while, I think when she was singing with the Judds and with her mom, she kind of played that dutiful daughter role. And then when she went solo. But then when she went solo, she was more like she had the yeah. fringe and that the Elvis leather, snarl. Yeah. And, red hair. Yeah. And I mean, she can sing. Yeah. The mama can sing, but I mean, Winona can sing. But they had a very contentious relationship. And listen, for any mom listening right now, the thought of being on a previous boast with your daughter, like night after night after for night. For months on end. Months on end. When you already kind of got a contentious relationship, and then you put it on the road, I can't imagine. Well, you already have. You know, most moms and daughters have have. There are times oh, when yeah. there are battles and struggles. Imagine, not only are you with your mom all of this time, and you're dealing with the mother daughter stuff, but you're also dealing with business and professional stuff. And I know for a fact that Naomi rode Winona hard. She did. She, she rode Winona yeah. all the time about her stage presence, about her weight, about her. Uh, Naomi Judd does not get Mother of the Year. No. For any year that she has been. But I think she would say that too. I think she would kind of call herself out. I know she did when Oprah interviewed them a little bit. Um, And I will say like Winona and Ashley. very defensive of my Winona, I'm sorry. Well, Winona and Ashley were also very, for a while, they were very protective 
a kind of of the mom. Right. You know, they didn't they didn't say a whole lot. But I think later, Winona shared more, and it was just you know those it, it all looked pretty on stage, but there was a lot going on behind the scenes. Yeah, and I, I think that Naomi was Naomi's like, and she would say this: she's a control freak, so she wanted to control every element of how they looked, how the band played. Um, and and to, truth be told, Winona was probably. Again, the better singer, Are the, you, of course, the, the better yes, musician, yes, and had better ideas, but she sort of had to toe the line and go along with whatever Mama said. Well, she was so young at the time, yeah, when they launched, yeah, uh, early '90s, I think '91. I remember being in high school, graduating this year when they announced their goodbyes and uh, parted ways in '91. Uh, but they've done some some shows together over the time, a lot of charity tie-ins to them. Uh, their last appearance together as the Judds was the. Um, the Kenny Rogers all-star tribute at uh, Bridgestone Arena mm. in downtown Nashville about uh, four years ago. Remember they when they did their tour, they would always, they had that bridge. Yeah. It was Love Will Build a Bridge. Yeah. And they had that little bridge and it was lit up. And they'd both come from both sides and they'd stand at the top and hold hands. And you could tell whether it was a good night or a bad yeah. night on whether Winona would grab her hand or not. That, and as soon as the lights went down, they each swung at one another. No. Yes, I'm telling you. It, Winona's not hitting her mama. Okay. I'm not saying okay. I'm not saying that, but it was just. I mean, they try to trip one another going down the, the ramps off the stage. Oh, they're, they're pulling hair. <laughs> well, you don't touch Winona's hair. Do not touch Winona's hair. She made that very clear to me backstage. What'd she say to you? Mama's got to get to work. Do not touch my hair. Yeah, you went in for. You were giving her a okay. hug, but you accidentally touched her hair. Twenty years. It's about damn time, says Winona, about uh, the Juds being inducted into the CMA uh, or the Country Music Association. I'm sorry. What is it? The Country Music. Hall of Fame. Now, I wanted to let you know that these inductees are voted on by the CMA Hall of Fame panels of electors. They don't say who they are, but it's a body that are chosen by the CMA Board of Directors, the Country Music Association. I get a lot of questions from people about, you know, who votes for this, who votes for that, for these award shows. And so I always want to throw that in as a little something, something for you. Jason Aldean is in Atlanta this weekend. I know. I want to go. Back in the Saddle Tour. Uh, if you're listening on upload date, August 19th, uh, Charlotte tomorrow night, then Atlanta Saturday night. And Aldean is doing two shows next weekend in Orange Beach, Alabama at the Wharf. A lot of pot peeps in that area. So I wanted to give you the heads up about Aldean coming your way. So, you know, he's been so vocal. I know the other day when he was playing a show, he looked out and he was like, oh, I'm so glad to be here and everybody's maskless. So I know where he stands. He He's made, you know, he's, he's very much a Trump supporter and that's whatever. But. If I'm going to see him this weekend in, say, Charlotte or Atlanta, do I have to show my vaccination card? Do you know? Uh, no, it's a Live Nation uh, production and, and a facility specifically here in Atlanta. I would imagine most of them are. Uh, that policy, um, the required vaccination for concert goers, quote, everywhere possible at Live Nation venues goes into effect October 4th. So that would not affect this weekend, Charlotte, Atlanta, or even next weekend in Orange Beach. So, you know, what we talked about before is regardless where the artist stands, it really doesn't matter. No. It's the venue. Originally, Live Nation said we're going to leave it up to the artist, the individual artist, to decide if they want uh, masks, mandated masks, and do they want proof of vaccination. And, and about two weeks ago, Live Nation pulled that back and said, you know what? Actually, we're going to control this, and we're saying yes starting October 4th at any Live Nation venue in America, you must show proof of vaccination to get in. But to me, it, not the, not whether, I'm not debating whether you need to be vaccinated or not to go there, but that makes more sense because I think as a concert goer, you either need to know, like I need to be vaccinated or I don't need to be vaccinated. I think to leave it up to the individual artist means 
Some weekends you do have to show your cards. Some, some weekends you don't have to show your cards. I don't know. And if you think back, this is what we talked about, Caddy. When everything first started blowing up is how are these tours going to handle all of this? You know, is it going to be up to the artist? Because if you leave it up to the artist and, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, however many, come out to the Jason Aldean show and it, it becomes by no fault of anyone else's, maybe, I don't know, a super spreader event. Who's liable? You know, like, is it... So, as an artist, I think they're probably kind of relieved that the ball's not in their court. Good point. They may say publicly, because it also gives them the chance... Out of my hands. Yeah, exactly. And, and listen, artists, managers, and public relations people, there's no better response than... Or for them, because it's easy. And it's We didn't truth. have any control. Not, listen, that was not our call. Yeah, it's like when bad weather hits. We wanted to play... We you know, asked for sunshine in 73. Yeah. So I think that that, I think probably artists are, while they're pretending they're not happy with it, they're happy that they didn't have to make those decisions. It doesn't come down on them personally. But here again, I want to be at that first show at, at, at Lakewood or at Ameris where, how does that go down? When you come through with your ticket, what do you? You mean on October 4th when it kicks in? Yes. Yeah. Um, is it a copy? Because the other yeah, thing is, I'm questions. not bringing my card because, like, I guard my card like it's, you know, a gold bullion cube, like it's cryptocurrency or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's the secret to Elon Musk's, you know, <laughs> bank account or something. I don't know, but I mean, like, I'm not bringing. I can barely keep up. I mean, think of the things that I've lost at concerts. You don't even want to know. Keys, so, shoes, glasses, bras. I mean, like, but so now I've got to keep up with this card. And like, then do I put it in my purse and I accidentally, you know, put my lipstick in there and then that leaks all over my card. I mean, it's just a mess. Like, I, see, I'm one of those people. You can't just tell me this and me be like, okay, now I want to know all the things. At, at this point, I'm sorry I brought it up. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> well I think there's people listening that feel the same way. Like, what does what, this mean? What's the policy? Yeah. What what's does it policy? mean? And why Lakewood? Outing. Outing. Come on. Do you know what's going on inside the perimeter right now in this city? Well, he doesn't have any say so on that. Ah, Jason Elding does. He Absolutely. always no, plays like what? Nah, he maybe, but here's why. And we got to go through this quick. Here's why. No, I, I want to get to, we got a lot of stuff to get to. Uh, Lakewood seats here in Atlanta. It's a, it's an outdoor venue, like a shed. And it seats, uh, I think you get 18,000 in there. If you go to Alpharetta and do a Mayor's Bank Amphitheater, which is also an outdoor venue, it's a shed, but much smaller, I think 12,000 tickets. Aldine can sell out as he has done Lakewood in one night and make the money of 5,000 more tickets, I guess. Well, and that's going to be, I mean, it's definitely a sellout because he's got Hardy. Right. I mean, it's huge. And, and newcomer, the, what's her name? The last Lady Jason Aldean show that we went to at Lakewood. I'm not saying he doesn't do okay. that, that exclusively go there, but that's why, because he makes a lot more money. No, but if you remember, they ran out of Jack Daniels. There's also a, uh, uh, a problem in the bathroom. Well, yeah. and one across the street at that convenience store. Yeah. There were shots fired. But how do you run? You and I were just like, and we weren't Where even drinking. Where would you go? Where would you run? Well, I wasn't thinking that. I was like flabbergasted that they ran out of Jack Daniels. Like, how do you oh, run out of Jack I, I Daniels? I was flabbergasted that there was gunfire. Wow, that, that Outside actually. Outside the venue. Not in the venue. Live that, Nation, that not in the venue. I wasn't surprised about that. We talk a lot about second acts on this podcast. Podcasting is my second act after I spent 26 years uh, here in Atlanta Radio at a country station that is now no longer. So we love to hear stories about second acts um, because they can... Um, be engineered from a lot of different things. Maybe it's a passion of yours. Uh, maybe it's a, a hobby, something that you've always been interested in. And suddenly 
maybe not by choice, you've been given the time, a lot of time, and you discover your second act. And the second act is way, way better than the first because there's a moment, Donna, in the first act that the main character is just beaten down, lost. But something happens to turn the situation around, which leads to the start of the second act. I like that, like a dramatic reading. The second act, the character has to learn about themselves and skills. Learn who they are, what they're capable of. There's rising action, there's character development, risk. Second act's exciting, though. It's also where the climax takes place. Some could argue that the climax is in the third act. Okay, see, did you see Donna just close her eyes because she knows where I'm going with this because I did this joke when we were on stage at the uh, speaking. On stage, Carl. At Elevate Live 2021 last week. Haven't you missed this, Carl? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is, um, there's often a, a, a climax in the third act. But who's going to argue if there are two climaxes? And it played about as well as it did in this it, room it, at it, the Grand Height in Buckhead. Seriously. Like, I just saw people staring back at me with their mouths open like, yeah. Dan Harris has been with ABC for, gosh, I think 21 years. You see him on the weekends uh, with Good Morning America. And he's found a second act. He is leaving ABC. And is going to like uh, open up a like a, a meditation company. Now you want to talk about putting it all out there? I bet ten percent is the name of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's been doing this kind of like he wrote a book on meditation, um, and so he's kind of been exploring this. Um, but now he's leaving ABC News full time and going to to do this. Um, he had he had a panic attack on air, um, and. It was like everybody saw it. It was in 2004. And that's what led him to, he had never um, meditated. He had never, he really never even kind of thought that he had like anxiety or panic issues until this happened. Here's the audio. It's 30 seconds of the moment that Dan Harris is delivering the news. This is back in the uh, Charlie Gibson, Diana Sawyer days of Good Morning America. And you can hear him as, as, as the panic attack takes over. To the most embarrassing day of my life. We're going to go now to uh, Dan Harris, who's at the news desk, Dan. Good morning, Charlie and Diane. Thank you. This is me 10 years ago. And the reason this is the most embarrassing day of my life is not that it looks like I've been attacked by a blow dryer and a can of hairspray. No, it's that I am about to freak out on national television. Health news now. One of the world's most commonly prescribed medications may be providing a big bonus. Researchers report... People who take cholesterol-lowering drugs called statins for at least five years may also lower their risk for cancer. But it's too early to to prescribe statins slowly for cancer production. At this point, I realize I'm helpless, so I bail right in the middle. Sends it back to Charlie Gibson and Diane Sawyer, but you could hear in his breathing there. Yeah. And they ask him. I got chills listening. I can watch it. It's a YouTube video. But you hear in the audio, I'm seeing the video at the same time. And it, uh, I got chills watching that. Well, and they ask him later, was there something going on in his life that led up to this? Was there some great, you know, stressor that maybe, you know, again, a, a divorce, a, a parent, you know, failing health, something that he had found out. And there wasn't. It was just this culmination of like stress and anxiety. And I've read his book, um, 10% Happier. He wrote that a while back. Um and, it, and it's just about small things. We were talking about meditating before that I do this crazy calm meditating app. But it's small things that you can do. And a lot of panic attacks and anxiety, as crazy as it's gonna, or is going to sound, have to do with breathing. Um, 
holding your breath that you don't even know you're doing. Like when you're flying and you have, which I have like great anxiety, a lot of it is just learning how to like breathe. And I always joke with you, you'll be like, when we hit turbulence, like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing my Lamaze breathing, like the breathing you do when you're having a baby. Because, deep, deep breathing. Because part of it is just getting energy moving back into your body, redirecting, you know, all that anxiety. Have you ever had a panic attack? I'm sure I have. I don't, maybe not. I'm uh, not that I can, not that I can finger now, you know, where it's been a, an you actual remember, attack yeah. where I needed to catch my breath or sit down. I don't, I don't recall that ever happening. Yeah. I, I get very anxious and stressed out pretty easily. But. I've had like two, two big ones, but luckily I was at home. I had a friend recently that told me that I always thought was like so calm and, you know, never had any issues. And she told me that one day she was driving from work and she had a panic attack. She thought she was having a heart attack. And she had to pull over on the side of the road, literally on 75. And someone ha- someone got out and helped her. But she felt like if she kept her, like her arms got numb and everything. So that's the other thing is that stress and anxiety manifest itself in your body to where you can think you're actually something else is going on. So it's a great book. If you, if you have any kind of like, and most of us do, but any kind of low level anxiety or anything mm-hmm. like that, pick it up 10% happier. And I also always recommend the Calm app because it's a great way to start. You can meditate for five minutes. It's going to seem like 30. I think you should start doing this. All right. Thank you, Donna, for your yeah. segment. Meditating. Find your second act. Don't wait until you have to have it. Your plan B, work on it right now. Go ahead and start to develop it. And we wish Dan Harris the best. And check it out 10%, 10% if you happier. need to know how to mediate. Meditate. Oh, sorry. Sorry. All right, Patio Furniture. If you need it, now is the time to visit Gallery Furniture Gainesville. Patio Furniture, ask for Donna. Has it? Ask for Marilyn. They got it. They got it outside the 16,000 square foot warehouse and showroom. If you pull up and you uh, uh, find the patio furniture that you want, they'll load it up that day and you can take it home right off the, uh, I, I would say the showroom floor, Donna, but it's actually off the concrete sidewalk outside the showroom floor. Yeah, they have it outside so you can see what it looks like outside. And now is getting to be that time where I know it's really hot outside, but you can kind of like you can sniff fall football season and you're like, okay, I'm ready for fall. And you know how like you just, a lot of people build these great outdoor spaces where you have a TV outside and you can have a fire pit and you can watch games outside. You know, you want to have like comfy furniture. You don't want like just cruddy, yucky furniture from some, you know, hardware store or something. Go up and the great thing that gallery and they have these, they almost look like outdoor sectionals and they have like the um, type of cushions that you can you know, rinse off, they can stay in the sun, they're not going to fade. And I mean, you want that space, it's just like an extension. Now your back porch and your outside living is an extension of your inside living. So make it special. Whether it's your patio, whether it's your bedroom, whether it's your dining room, living room, bedroom, they got it all. Gallery Furniture, hashtag ask for the Wolfman, hashtag ask for Donna, Gallery Furniture, 1600 Browns Bridge Road, Gainesville. Lots of love for the ladies of 90s country last episode, Donna. Yes. Holly. In response to, uh, I did a post on Insta about the most underrated artists or songs of 90s country. Uh, so Holly is a pop peep for this episode. Uh, personally, Red Akins, for me, is terribly underrated. More than everything, uh, I break for brunettes. That ain't my truck. I mean, he had the hits back in the 90s. I, I agree this with is, uh, her. Thomas Rhett's dad. Yeah, I agree with her on that one. Um, Betsy reached out and said, who goes down a rabbit hole with um, Kathy Matea? And, Pat and, and that gang. That's the whole thing about a rabbit hole. Sometimes you're just drawn to it. You have no, it's not like I went in, logged on to my laptop. It's like, man, I didn't Google Susie Boggess videos well, from the 90s. Okay. The flip side to that is we had a pod peep, Patty Davis, who wrote in and said she appreciated 
and actually loved kind of this tour that you took everyone back on to women's country. And she totally agreed. You know, and another one she threw in was, um, which is so true, Martina McBride, Independence Day. Again, maybe, I, I, I love that song. Yeah, I mean, these were pre-Martina, but the fact that women back then had a lot to say. I mean, they really had a lot to say. And I will say Independence Day for Martina, that was another song. That needed to be heard. That, but the, the country message. radio was not. Yeah, they were shaky about They it. were a little shaky about uh, Marie Charlie is a pop peep for this episode. I always loved Please by the Kinleys. I bought their tape at a yard sale. My neighbors were having when I was like nine, and it was my favorite song. That's a good one. So love to uh, connect with, uh, you know, great memories and nostalgia of your childhood with the podcast. The Kinleys, were, remember they were the twin sisters, Heather and Jennifer Radio. Listen, what did you talk about last episode? The crusty old dirty radio yeah. programmers. Uh, they loved it when these twin, these blonde twins walked in to perform for them live in their offices. Yeah. The Kinleys. Please, what's the song? Um, I saw this. Let me throw this out here real quick. I don't know what it's from. I can't cite it, but we're a music podcast. We're, we're classified that way by Apple, both entertainment news, but music as well. Buying one $25 hat from an artist or band is the same as streaming their music approximately 6,000 times. Really? A $25 ball cap. I like that. Think about that. Do you think people, because I was interested in the fact that like you bought merch when we went to see uh, Tyler, Tyler Carr. Yeah. Do you think people buy as much merch as they used to? I don't think so. Not, not At least not the night of the venue or the day of the venue because you order it online and you get it in two days. Yeah, and then so you have to carry it around all night. That, and, and remember the big uh, badge of honor when we were in school. Was your t-shirt, next your concert day, t-shirt. Jamie Bindle, sorry. Um, the next day, you wore it to school. I know, and I was thinking the other day, I wish, I have my Lollapalooza shirt, I have a couple of shirts, but I wish I had saved, I had a T, because that was my thing, every concert I went to, I got a t-shirt, I, had, I remember the Foreigner one, my Pat Benatar, all of these, I wish I still had them, they'd be worth a lot. One more 90s country mention, Jamie Duvall, Oklahoma City pot peep, Sammy Kershaw. That's a good one. She don't know she's beautiful, Queen of a Double Wide is the one that Jamie referenced in her message. I mean, who else can pull off a song about a double-wide trailer but Sammy Kershaw? Love it. Third-rate romance, Cadillac Jack style. Third-rate romance. That's a good one, yeah. If I tell you about the Georgia Onions mm. and that you don't go near the water from Sammy Kershaw. That's a good one. Audio for this episode of the My Second Act podcast from NBC and Saturday Night Live, ABC and Good Morning America, Jimmy Kimmel Live and ABC, the BBR Music Group, Nashville and BNA Records, Nashville. Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, my second act, part of the Appen Podcast Network. Yeah, she just needs to return. The, yeah, you can just take, I didn't charge her for one, so you don't need to do anything. Yeah so, you, yeah, so just take that one back and then you don't need to do anything with it. She's keeping the one, right? Okay, yeah, no problem. Okay, bye. All right, we'll get out of this quick. Um, okay. Huh? So we're back on. Yeah, uh, we'll pick up. Hang on. Um, so I'll say, I'm going to start because you had done your part and I'll do me. No, we're gonna, I know we're going to pick up. Three, two, one.